When David Eby was sworn in as premier, he promised an ambitious 100-day plan, and in no other file has that been more evident than uh, in housing. Today, Premier Eby announced his government will make it easier for developers and home builders to get approvals to build more homes in the province, rather than requiring multiple provincial permit applications from different ministries with different processes to obtain approvals and uh, construction to build more homes. The province is creating a one-stop shop approach uh, to permitting. Now, this latest housing announcement comes after the government introduced a new $500 million affordable rental protection fund. The money is earmarked to allow non-profit housing organizations to buy older rental buildings by providing them with one-time capital grants. Joining me now to discuss his government's housing strategy is Premier David Eby. Premier, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Jeff. So uh, I know you, we don't have a lot of time, but I want to touch on today's announcement. How much of an impact do you think something like this will have actually on the pricing of homes and the ability to get homes out on the market as quickly as possible? Well, we're facing a remarkable circumstance in our province right now, Jazz. We, uh, last year, grew the fastest we've grown in the last 50 years in terms of population. And the first two quarters of this year, we're growing even faster. So we know that we need to bring every kind of housing, uh, including rental housing and so on. Uh, the province has a role to play here, especially in smaller communities. We have uh, permitting processes around water, around highways, access, and, and on and on. And, uh, and cities also have a role to play around permits, and we've had a lot of discussions about that process. Um, I've been calling on cities to speed up their processes. But it's only fair if we're pressing cities to speed up their processes that we look at ours, and that's what today's announcement was about. It's critical for us to get those uh, applications for new housing development through faster. The longer they take to get through, the higher the cost goes for people looking for a place to buy. Uh, And uh, we desperately need that housing to address the supply issues that we face in our province, which is part of the challenge that we face around housing. Uh, last week, uh, you announced, along with your housing minister, a $500 million rental fund. Um, do you think that's enough money for these nonprofits to actually compete with developers who have deeper pockets, uh, a significant amount of expertise uh, for the market itself? Do you think that's going to be enough to have an impact? Um, this is a, a unique program in Canada, to the best of my knowledge, Jeff. So the idea is, pretty straightforward when you're in a housing crisis you need to stop digging like when you're in a hole you need to stop digging mm-hmm. put down the shovel and, and one of the things that we're seeing is we're losing affordable rental housing so uh, tenants who are uh, living in an affordable place they see that for sale sign go up on their front lawn uh, many of these older and smaller rental buildings and uh, a lot of people think about downtown vancouver or metro vancouver but this is across the province many of these we're uh, couples, they're thinking about retiring, they want to sell the building, but they don't want to throw the tenants that they have long-term relationships with or the wolves to these big international investment funds uh, that are snapping up these buildings. And so they approach groups like Landlord BC and the Affordable Housing Associations and saying, hey, you, would you think about buying our building? That's how we bought Cardston Place in Burnaby. It was an aging co-op that was sold by a pension fund uh, that was concerned about the future for those tenants. Uh, and uh, we think that there are many sellers that will preferentially sell to nonprofits uh, and uh, protect the housing, but it also creates the opportunity for the nonprofit to leverage that purchase and buy more housing. This is something that's been used very successfully in the UK. There are some absolutely massive uh, nonprofit organizations 
that run housing there and a whole other sector. We're looking at absolutely every opportunity to bring on more housing. Uh, speaking of looking at absolutely everything, we had the housing minister on this show last week, and I asked him about the nonprofits and the the law and issue around first refusal to properties. He said they were looking at it, the first dibs that nonprofits would have on some of these properties. Uh, is that something you would consider, and how long, if you, if you were to bring it forward, how long do you think it would take before you would implement such a such legislation? Yeah, specifically, Jazz, we're worried about the trend that we're seeing uh, nationally and internationally of these large investment funds called REIT, mm-hmm. uh, real estate investment trusts that are buying up these properties. And uh, uh, I've asked Ravi, uh, the housing minister, Ravi Kalon, to do the policy work with his team on looking at a right of first refusal, which does two things. One is it certainly gives the nonprofits an opportunity potentially to buy those properties. But the second is it lets us know as government what's happening in the market. We have very little information about this kind of activity. And so that policy work is underway. It wouldn't be for this legislative session, uh, but for a future legislative session if we did decide to go in that direction. Do you think the government should play that much of a role in regards to the market itself? I understand setting up a rental fund, providing funding for nonprofit housing, but the right of, of nonprofits to have first dibs on a property, do you think that type of government intervention would be supported by the public? Well, the challenge that we're facing, Jazz, is uh, these large, unaccountable uh, investment funds, when they buy up these buildings, are creating a lot of costs for the public when those tenants are evicted. Uh, Mm -hmm. Often uh, they'll end up homeless, or government will have to build replacement housing at the cost of uh, $300,000 or more per unit to build affordable housing. Uh, If we buy and protect it, it's much cheaper. It creates these leverage possibilities for more affordable housing. I believe very strongly that one of our responses to the housing crisis should be more government involvement in bringing on uh, additional affordable housing supply and protecting affordable housing that we have. But we can't do it alone. We need the private sector, too. That's what today's announcement about permitting was all about, to get those private sector developments out there as well. Uh, if you're building housing, uh, we're on your side. We need more housing and we need to get it done. And government's going to do what we can as well. Uh, you've demonstrated an ability to challenge the status quo uh, on a certain files. Uh, in the case of housing, uh, is Airbnb being looked at as well? I know it certainly provides a lot of flexibility for people in regards to visiting places and staying short term, but others have argued that it takes away housing stock for local residents. Uh, it's a huge challenge in major tourist cities like Barcelona and many other places. Will the government, when it comes to uh, you know looking at housing and the bigger housing file, is it looking at the issue of Airbnb, where Airbnb sits in this, uh, it sits within the housing challenges as well. Yeah, there are, there are a number of, uh, of initiatives we're looking at currently, Jazz, and, and the issue of short-term rentals is one of them. We know uh, that for many communities across the province, short-term rentals are part of the tourism ecosystem and are essential to the local economy. And in other parts of the province, they eat up rental housing that we really need for long-term renters. Uh, and uh, so the approach that we're looking at taking is one recommended to us by the municipality saying, look, give us the tools, uh, specifically the data from Airbnb and VRBO about who's actually renting short-term in our community so we can get a handle on how big this situation is. And our permitting system doesn't rely on having to try to figure out if somebody's renting short-term. We know that they're listing on Airbnb or VRBO, so we can require them to have a permit, and we can uh, manage it carefully as part of uh, 
part of our tourist industry, but also uh, make sure that it's not eating up housing that we need for, for example, tourism workers. Uh, final question to you, uh, $5.7 billion surplus. Uh, can we and should we expect more housing announcements uh, till the end of February with that type of surplus before you? And so uh, government has a responsibility and in times like this that are challenging for many British Columbians, you know, people are seeing higher costs at the grocery store and in other areas of life and, and some families and seniors and individuals are really struggling. And so you can certainly expect to see more from us in relation to housing affordability and cost of living generally as we support British Columbians in, in, uh, that are struggling in this challenging time. Premier, I know you got a busy schedule and you got to get to your next appointment. Thank you so much for your time to talk about this very important file. Thank you. Yeah, you bet, Jeff. Thanks for having me.